Morning World. And the first of these shows to be back on Ustream. Yeah, and I've always had problems with Ustream in the past. Well, not always. But Ustream has not always been my friend when it comes to this show. As many of you may remember, there have been, there have been incidents of noise and things that kind of creep into my show when I broadcast on Ustream. And I think with that we figured this out back in the day. This was... You know, way before we were broadcasting any other any other way, um, you know, before we went over to Simplecast, which I, I actually like Simplecast because it is really very easy. You set it up, you go, you do your show. You know, the, the one thing that I didn't like about Simplecast was the multiple audio streams and how that made things very confusing. And in the old days, you know, the, the way it would work would be that... Um, that uh, Chris Reardon would get done with his show at four and then we would have to get him off, you know, get, get, Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean that the way it sounded. (laughs) So he would have to, to get offline before I could get online. And there was that little gap there about 30 seconds to a minute gap between. So I guess we're back to that. I really don't know. Uh, Hello, everybody. In case I haven't uh, identified myself yet, this is Tom Harris in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, and this is Tom Harris Live. If you're listening to the show at uh, uh, 4.02 p.m. in the U.K., which is 10.02 a.m. here in Chicago, then you are listening live. And if you are not listening live, then you are probably listening to a podcast. And as with all of our shows, this this, podcast, the show will be podcast on the United Kingdom Radio website and also on my own website, which is www.tomharrisusa.com. All of my content is uh, is also podcast there. And in addition to this live show, there are over 100 episodes of my half-hour podcast, Tom Harris USA, over there that you can go and check out. And it's now almost been uh, two years since uh, I started doing my show. And uh, hello to Phil. Hello, Phil. Uh, he says that Phil in the UK is listening live. Well, hello, Phil. Is that Phil Huckey? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, very good to hear from you, sir. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, hopefully, things will go smoothly here on the uh, the new Ustream stream, I guess you could call it. Um, now, in the past, I've had problems with noise. And I, I mentioned that already. But um, if that happens, if that happens, I am just going to carry on, as Chris says, carry on like Bum's, Mummy's Brave Soldier and get the show out. Because on this side, I do record the show and the show will not uh, have the noise in it. So if if I do have problems with noise, just, you know, it's okay. Don't, don't panic. <laughs> you can just uh, go and move on and uh, we will... Um, uh, catch you in the podcast. Now, about quarter after the hour, uh, somebody is supposed to be calling into the show. So uh, we'll see if that actually happens. Um, but in the meantime, uh, here we are. And uh, I don't have much prepared today. And um, we have uh, we have uh, James listening. Hello, James. And uh, now James Sanders will follow me here on United Kingdom Radio at 5 p.m. But I think we might be hearing from him before before 5. So anyway, um, so here we go. So I don't really have a lot of material prepared for the show today because this has been an insane week. I have to say it's been a crazy, crazy week for me. And it had to do now 
I've been talking for a while that I'm going to be losing my job and that, that I'm definitely going to be losing my job, but I just don't know when I'm going to be losing my job. And Monday, when I arrived at work, I was called in to, uh, to uh, speak with my boss, and she informed me that, that it was probably going to be my last day on Friday, Friday being yesterday. And so all week, we've just kind of all been on pins and needles because, you know, it would not just be me leaving. It would be also the, uh, you know, the purchasing person, um, you know, the other person in the office, any basically anybody in the office other than my boss. And so we've been expecting kind of the acts all week long. But at the same time that they were talking to it, you know, saying, well, you know, you're going to be. You know, your last day might be Friday, blah, blah, blah. The owners are going on vacation, both of them, at the same time, which is it's pretty unusual. And so, you know, Monday came and went, Tuesday came and went, and so on, until we got to Friday. And we didn't hear a word. We haven't heard a thing from either of the owners. Um. So I don't know, uh, you know, I, I, I guess as far as anything goes, I'm going back to work on Monday. But I don't know if this is my last week or not. I don't know if Monday is my last day. Or, you know, I just don't know. And I hate being on the sort of pins and needles situation with my job because I just at this point, I'm just ready for it to be done. Um, I have. You know things to do. I've got places to go. I've got stuff to do now. Um, the the way the plan is going right now, I've been talking a little bit about um, you know what I'm going to do once the uh, the job is over and what's going to be happening. It looks like now I've been talking about this road trip I'm going to be taking, and that is going to happen after I move. Now I don't know if I'm going to be moving. You know, I, at the very least, the the moving is going to take place from the seventeenth. I have from the seventeenth to the end of the month to move, so two weeks to move. That's that's a lot of time to move, especially when you you have as as little stuff as I have. I don't have this enormous quantity of furniture and and stuff to to move, and I, I can do it in a week. I think you know without. Um, running a truck and then have one day with a truck to take some of the bigger stuff. Um, and, and that's pretty much all I'm going to need. So uh, if I'm not working, I'll be able to do that in you know, bits and pieces over the course of the week and get the new uh, setup uh, set up, I guess you can <laughs> get the, the, the new broadcasting setup set up, uh, get the internet connected and all that stuff and, and not have any interruption to the show. But the way the plan looks right now is that I'm going to be taking a road trip in the beginning of May um, because I'm going to have to move and get all that stuff taken care of. And then maybe in the middle of the first week of May will be when I do the show. So I might miss a couple of shows in the beginning of May because I'll be on the road. However, however, I'm going to be recording some audio on that trip. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to record some audio in, uh, Kiefer, in Kiefer, Oklahoma with Stacy. Uh, now Stacy hasn't been around for a while and that's because he's having some computer issues 
and you know it's not not because we've we've sacked him or anything like that because we haven't you know we we love Stacy and you know we we want him you know back as soon as he can get back but um with the various computer issues and so forth that he's had, it's just not been possible for him to uh, to do a broadcast. Um, so I'm hoping to be able to record some material with Stacy White um, in Oklahoma and and actually get to to meet him in person. And then I'm kind of going to be doing this big loop around the South, the U.S. South, and it'll culminate with me being in Florida the weekend of the 14th of May. And there's a, a big to-do at my sister's house that weekend. And then kind of me rushing back to, um, back to Chicago uh, with, over a period of about three or four days. Um, and then the weekend after I get back is going to be ASEN, the big anime convention that Pete and I go to every single year. So that is going to be a very busy time, <laughs> a time in which I'm going to be wasting lots of, of time not looking for work. But hopefully that'll work out. You know, um, I have to tell you at this point, I really, really need that break. I need that two weeks off. It is stressful to be on pins and needles like I have been for the last week. You know, not knowing from one day or the next whether or not I'm going to have a job next week or not. I don't know. And I still don't know, which is the most frustrating part about it. So what I've been trying to do uh, while I'm at work is to with my customary efficiency, uh, try to get things wrapped up, trying to get things wrapped up in a nice little bow for whoever is going to take over the accounting after we're gone, because I know that it is going to another, to another company, to an outside, uh, company. And so I'm trying to get, you know, kind of resolve issues and, and get things worked out and try to figure out, uh, stuff, you know, and, not leave a mess because the last thing I want to do is leave a mess for somebody else uh, to come in and try to to clean up. You know, I, I like to clean up my own messes and, and try to keep things uh, running fairly smoothly on a day-to-day basis. And that's kind of what I do. Um, Wayne, uh, uh, Wayne Hudson. Uh, yeah. Did you hear Wayne's show on, on Wednesday? Uh, it's, it's quite good for his first time out. So I'm looking forward to hearing more of him. Uh, Wayne says uh, we all need a break. Sounds very stressful, all that waiting to find out things. Seems to happen a lot of places now that firms keep their cards close to their chest, so to speak. Yeah. Now, the thing is, yeah, Wayne, we've had, um, we've had a lot of warning about this. Um, and, in fact, you know, they let me go over a year ago. And, and I've talked about that ad nauseum, that they let me go in October of 2009. And then they... Um, yeah, they called me back in January of, of 2010. So they already, they already let me go once. <laughs> now, the, the good news is that I, you know, I've gotten a whole year worth of, uh, of employment out of them since then. But I, I'm, I'm tired of it. You know, I, at this point, what I really, really want is something a little bit more stable. Um, and I think it's out there. You know, the, the, the news from the job market have been very good here in Chicago. I don't know about other parts of the country, but I am seeing um, a big increase in the number of jobs that are out there since the last time I was unemployed. The problem is that there's still a lot of people out there who are unemployed. So for each of these job openings, you're going to have you know, 300 people applying for this thing. So you have to wow them with your, you know, your experience and with your recommendations, you know, your, your references, I guess you could, should call it, 
and I do have recommendations and references and, and, you know, ex-employers who are kind of falling over themselves trying to uh, um, give me a good um, good report when people call them. So, you know, and th- that stuff is very, very much appreciated. Um, and even my current job, the, the one that, that I'm leaving, has written me a letter of recommendation, um, which is kind of glowing, I would say. So hopefully things will work out. Um, you know, I want to get back into the same kind of, of work that I'm already doing um, for a company that's not kind of right on the edge, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, and not that the company I'm working for is doing you know, incredibly poorly, but they are, they, they've reduced their size by, you know, they're a third of what they were when I first started working there in, in 2007. You know, when I started working for them in 2007, they had six restaurants and now they have two. Um, you know, because of two, two of them closed and then two of them were, were sold off. And that has been a nightmare. You know, that, that has been, uh, well, it, it, I don't know about a nightmare. That, that, might be, that might be exaggerating a little bit. But having the, uh, you know, selling off of the two companies is probably the best case scenario because, you know, the, they all at the restaurants get to keep their jobs. You know, the, 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 you know, nothing has changed at the restaurants, but now the communication has become more difficult in dealing with old problems, old issues with their bank balance, you know, a, a lot of stuff that I still have to deal with, and I can't really talk to these people as easily as I could before. Uh, Patrick is saying, um, I hope your move, move goes as smoothly as possible, Tom. You and Peter have fun living together. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that, um, and hopefully that will work out better than... You know, Pete's current arrangement. Uh, and I don't want to talk about Pete. You know, Pete always gets really uncomfortable when I talk about him on the show. So I don't want to talk about him too much. But um, I am looking forward to that. Um, I think it's going to be a nice change for him. And uh, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll um, be good for both of us to have somebody else there. So, and it's a nice place. You know, the place I'm moving into, um, it's it's nicer than the place I am now. Uh, it's bigger than the place I ha- am now, and there's more, I, I guess you could say more storage. I don't know if there really is more storage, because I have a lot of storage here. I have had this huge walk-in closet here. But I am looking forward to, to the move and being somewhere else, because because I've been in this apartment here. I live in a, a studio apartment, <clears throat> which means that it's small. Sorry about that, that little cough there. Um, I need to, to take, a, take a drink of something here. Hang on. Ah, there we go. Um, now, I am expecting a call here in a minute, so I'm just kind of vamping for time at this point. <laughs> this is kind of a free-form show today. We do have some stuff coming up. I'm going to talk about the Pegasus Awards, probably in the second half of the show. And don't forget, next week is another travel show, folks. I'm doing a... Uh, um, a travel show on Germany next week. So we'll talk about that. And we have a call coming in. Hello. Hello, Tom. Hello, James. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. How are, are you? Good, quite well, thank you. And are we simulcasting at the moment? Yes. Well, not right now. Um, Chat's number, number 11 in the UK charts is just playing at the moment. And then we'll be live. Oh, fantastic. Now tell, tell us a little bit about this project, uh, James. Where, where, where are you calling from? I just found out we were simulcasting. There we go. Um, this is Cram FM. Oh. It's an on, online station based in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, we have 
loads of different... Well, at the moment, we have some presenters and shows. And at the moment, I present today's chart stand, um, which is the independent top 30 chart. Now, do you play, do you play all 30 on your show? Yes, and this is actually what... I'll give you a small snippet of what's playing right now. Okay. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's on right now. So. That sounded like ABBA. <laughs> yeah, well, um, as I said, we had Red Nose Day. Uh-huh. It's like a parody of a famous song, but okay. it's got in the charts, so... Oh, fantastic. Must have been quite good. Yeah, yeah. So so you'll be following me here at five? Yes. And what will you be talking about at five? Well, um... <sighs> Well, I'll be talking about, this show is going to be about voiceovers and other radio shows. Mm-hmm. So, Fantastic. Because I had some voiceovers made for me my, by Ross Patzel. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I saw that he was, uh, on, yeah. on Facebook, he was advertising that he was going to be doing, I'm going to get some, some uh, voiceovers from him, from him as They're well. They're really, really good. He did some extras for me. Yeah, he's, oh. a, he's, a, good, he's a good guy. I mean, he, and he's got a great radio voice. He did well. I asked him to just record three sentences, and in the end, he just couldn't stop himself. He just kept doing loads of different things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the, basically, now I've got a whole um, soundboard of Ross Patzel sound effects, laughing, um, laughing. I've got laughing, laughing hard. Where is it? Going, shouting, shouting at his dog, shouting at his cat. <laughs> everything he doesn't even have right a dog. okay we're gonna be live in just about one minute fantastic i don't even think ross has a dog or a cat i don't know he was shouting at something <laughs> it's probably shouting at shouting at the baby yeah so so uh are you i mean it seems like you're doing a lot of radio stuff now james are you doing uh how many shows are you doing a week now two. Oh, just including, two including yeah just this one in UKR. Oh, cool, cool. So, so your uh, topic is you're t- going to be talking about voiceovers on your show today. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, we're live in about thirty seconds. So. Wayne um, Wayne Hudson is saying that it did sound like ABBA. <laughs> it was actually Peter Kay and Susan Boyle. I'm just going to go and do a link now. All so right. give me a minute. Just kind of. That was I Know Him So Well by Peter Kay and Susan Boyle. That was basically a parody of the Elaine Page version, version for Comic Relief. And we are joined, we are actually simulcasting uh, simul, simul right now on United Kingdom Radio. Hello, Tom. Hello, James. There we go. Okay, right. If you, if, if you know me, then you will know I present on United Kingdom Radio. Straight after this, I head over there. That's why I've got two computers set up. I've got one all ready to press broadcast and I can switch over. So how are you then, Tom? I'm doing quite well, and it's a beautiful day here in Chicago. Yeah, and by the way, Tom is from the US of A, so make sure everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it is, like I said, it's nice and warm today. Right, um, as I said earlier, Ross Patzel did me a couple of sound effects so we're just gonna have a bit of a listen because tom uh, tom's gonna well tom's thinking 
thinking about asking him for some. He did a bit extra, so here are two of my favourite ones that I picked out that he did. Woo! No? <laughs> yeah. Woo! There you go, that was Ross Patsell. And he did this. Not all. Yeah. And he recorded some normal ones, because this is Today's Chart Stand with me, James Sanders. You're listening to Today's Chart Stand with James Sanders. Oh, yeah. So, um... Oh, wait, 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 wait. James, James. Play, play, that, play that clip again. Okay. You're listening to Today's Chart Stand with James Sanders. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh! Is this... James Saunders. There you go. <laughs> Very exciting. Well, sir, I'm going to let you go. I do have some stuff to talk about. Yeah. Don't you always? I do always, but uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Okay. I've got to carry on now anyway, so... Cheers. You, Tom. Bye. Bye. And that was James Sanders uh, doing a simulcast from today's chart stand over on Cram Radio FM. I uh, did the boom there just for Wayne. <laughs> uh, very, very fun. Um, so anyway, yeah, James will follow me here on United Kingdom Radio at 5 o'clock, and that will be in about uh, 40 minutes' time. So we are going to talk a little bit about the Pegasus Awards, and I don't know if uh, people are really aware of of the Pegasus Awards. Oh, where is it? Um, sorry, I've got I've got so many windows open. That's the thing I don't like about uh, UStream, a uh, broadcasting on UStream, is that you have to have this window, you have to have that window, you have to have the other window. Oh, I have a, an email here as well. Maybe I should read the email first because the the email is coming from. Wayne Hudson, and it has to do with the last show. Um, it says, hi, Tom. It was interesting that you mentioned Alex Jones this past week. I'm Unfortunately, I mentioned him a lot. <laughs> I didn't realize that he fear-mongered Y2K. Yep, that's how he got his start. Um, I was actively against the Y2K thing back in 1999 and wrote this poem, which got published based on looking internally into a computer in relation to a common cold or trying to kill the bug with domestic items. Perhaps you need that apocalypse tune ready when and if you read this out. Yes, I'm finding it amusing. Thought you might, too. Thanks also for the nice welcome to United Kingdom Radio. Now, for those of you who are not um, familiar with the Y2K thing, because it's been a long time now, and I understand that you know a lot of people probably don't even know what that is anymore. But back before the year 2000, there was a lot of fear about the computers at midnight on you know like december 31st 1999 at midnight would not be able to handle the changeover between 1999 and 2000 and it came from the way that that computers had been programmed back in the 60s and 70s you know they they didn't think that uh, it'd still be running in in the uh, you know the turn of the next century so you know, anyway it was it was a lot of um a lot of hype, a lot of people scaremongering, thinking, oh, the airplanes are going to fall out of the sky and, you know, everything is going to blow up and, you know, things are just going to stop working and, you know, modern life will grind to a halt. And there was a lot of fear mongering going on. And it goes on, you know, it went on for months and months. And in the meantime, you know, of course, the 
computer companies, you know, were really just saying, well, this is only really for the older computers. This is something that hasn't been a problem for 20 years. You know, we haven't, you know, we've been, um, you know, doing things differently now for, for the last 10 years. And, you know, 99% of everything out there, you're not going to have a problem with. And so there was a lot of, uh, of Y2K hysteria. And a lot of people made a lot of money off that, you know, selling, selling these Y2K patches for your computer or whatever, you know. And so it, it has been, you know, it's hard to understand now why people got so upset about it because, you know, at, you know December 31st, 1999, I happened to be at my aunt's house. I happened to be um, uh, sick that weekend, which is kind of a, kind of a pain in the butt uh, on New Year's Eve to be sick. But um, I was staying with my aunt and uncle in, in uh, Northfield, Ohio. And, you know, the midnight came and went. You know, nothing happened. The TV didn't turn off. The electric electricity grid didn't fry. Planes didn't fall out of the sky. It was nothing, you know. And it's not just because people would, uh, you know, update their computer to be Y2K compatible, which a lot of people did, including me. But because there really wasn't a problem to begin with. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and read the poem. And uh, it's called Millennium Bug. And this is by Wayne Hudson of United Kingdom Radio. My computer has a bug. I can't call it a cold. It simply makes, makes the date wrong. It won't do as it's told. I make angry gestures and take off the computer case, then search in all four corners, but still no trace. So I apply some ant killer to defeat the unseen bug. Still it remained there. I felt like a mug. Then an update came called a software patch, provided freely, making the bug much simpler to catch. My computer now is back in its place with the Millennium Bug without a trace. And that was the Millennium Bug by Wayne Hudson. <laughs> very, very uh, cute. It's a cute little poem there. Uh, I want to say hello to Pete out there. Pete may be listening live, which is unusual. Um, anyway, i uh, going to go ahead and move on. Uh, hang on, i got to get rid of that. Okay, great. There we go. And before we talk about the Pegasus Awards, I'm going to do Today in History. I always like Today in History. Anyway, April 2nd in history. In 1513, Florida was discovered, and it was claimed for Spain by Ponce de Leon. In 1792, the American Congress established the Philadelphia Mint. Not not mints like breath mints. It's the mint like where you, where you make money. And, and the Philadelphia Mint is still in operation today. So, amazing. Um, in 1866, President Andrew Johnson ended the Civil War in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Virginia. I guess they had not heard the news that the war had ended there. Um... In 1877, the first Easter egg roll was held on the White House lawn. I, they, they still do this today, every uh, year. They, they have little kids who uh, roll Easter eggs with spoons. Um, I, don't, I don't get the whole thing, but anyway. In 1902, the first motion picture theater opened in Los Angeles, California. In 1917... 
The first woman member of the United States House of Representatives was sworn in. Jeanette Rankin became the first U.S. Congresswoman. In 1917, also, uh, President Woodrow Wilson asked Congress to declare war against Germany. This was uh, when the uh, United States entered into World War I. Um, in 1921, Professor Albert Einstein lectured in New York City on his new theory of relativity. E equals MC squared. In 1958, the National Advisory Council on Aeronautics renamed itself the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, otherwise known as NASA. In 1970, Qatar gained its independence from Britain. 1978, Velcro was first put on the market. And in 1982, Argentina seized the Falkland Islands, uh, which they called the Malvinas, and uh, actually caused a little brief little war there um, over, over this uh, yeah, not that the Falklands are particularly valuable. It's just the principle of the thing, I guess. Famous birthdays on, Oct on April 2nd include Charlemagne, my ancestor, the first Holy Roman Emperor, who was born in uh, 742. That's 742. Long time ago. In 1725, the writer Casanova was born. In 1805, Hans Christian Andersen was born in Denmark. In 1834, Frederick August Bertoldi, the sculptor, uh, was born in France. Uh, Bertoldi's most famous work is, of course, the Statue of Liberty in New York Harbor. In 1840, writer Emile Zola was born in France. A lot of, a lot of French people on the list today. Um, in 1891, uh, surrealist painter and sculptor Max Ernst was born in Germany. In 1908, Buddy Ebsen from the Beverly Hillbillies and Barnaby Jones fame, was born in Belleville, Illinois. In 1914, Sir Alec Guinness was born, uh, known for his work in the uh, in the 30s, uh, of course, in the, the, uh, the Ealing comedies, and of course, late, much, much later as um, Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first three Star Wars films. Um, in 1920, Jack Webb was born in Santa Monica, California. He was the lead of the show Dragnet here in the States. I don't know if people out, outside of the U.S. who really know who that is. Um, 1939, soul singer Marvin Gaye was born in Washington, D.C. 1941, Leon Russell, pianist and singer, was born in Lawton, Kansas. 1947, country singer Emmylou Harris was born in Birmingham, Alabama. In 1955, comedian Dana Carvey was born. Uh, he was on Saturday Night Live and had a career... Uh, as um, Garth from Wayne's World. And in 1965, Rodney King was born in Sacramento, California. He was the uh, the African-American motorist who was beaten by L.A. cops. And when they were found innocent of beating him, uh, that caused the L.A. riots. So um, kind of a dubious honor there. But um, happy birthday to all of those people. And uh, we are done with today in history. Uh, see, we have some uh, messages coming in here. And yesterday, oh, yeah, Bob, I don't know, wants to talk. Yesterday in history, Lily Shambles was born. So happy birthday, Lil. That was yesterday. And uh, I, I should I should sing happy birthday to, to Lil. <laughs> no, trust me. Trust me, people. You do not want me to sing. <laughs> Last time I sang on the radio, I regretted it forever. Uh, okay. So, um, 
Uh, Wayne Hudson. <laughs> Wayne Hudson is saying, "I knew it was Marvin Gaye's birthday. I heard it through the grapevine." Ba-dum-bum. Now I don't have the sound effect. Yeah, that's that's really good. I you know I've always liked uh, soul music, and, and in particular like Motown type stuff. I grew up on that stuff. That's one of the few things I have in common with um, with Paul Edwards, who does the show here on Sunday. Um, is I I kind of grew up on on Motown music. That's like like Mother's Milk to me. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about the Pegasus Awards. Uh, but first, I'm going to take a very, very quick break. So I'll be right back. Hello, Chris Reardon here. I hope you enjoy our shows here at United Kingdom Radio. A bit of fundraising now for the station. If you fancy a bit of music in your life, then why not try one of my weekly non-stop music mixes? All music, no talking. You can get a new one each week and download them from www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. For just 80 pence UK, that's about $1.30 US, they are over 75 minutes long and contain some of the brand new club tunes around at the moment in the UK. Download them now from www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. My weekly mixes, just 80 pence. www.chrisreardonshow.co.uk. United Kingdom Radio have teamed up with a brand new online internet radio music service called You Love It, We Play It, aimed at the over 25s and featuring some presenters that present right here on United Kingdom Radio. So if you've had enough of all that rabbit, thank you, Chaz and Dave, then try our brand new music service at www.youloveitweplayit.com. And we are back here on United Kingdom Radio. And don't forget that James Sanders will be following me uh, in about uh, 25 minutes here, um, live from Northern Wales. So uh, don't miss that. So now we're going to move on. And uh, <laughs> Bagash Lil saying, don't, don't te- keep teasing us about the Piggy Awards. Yeah, I'm getting to that. I am getting to that, dear. I'm doing that right now. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk here about the Pegasus Awards. Now, let me explain uh, what the Pegasus Awards are. They are a uh, it's awards, kind of a joke kind of award. It's given out every year on April Fool's Day. <clears throat> and they're given to the five worst promoters of nonsense. Now, this, this, these uh, prizes are given out by the JREF, James Randi Educational Foundation. And as they describe it, um, the Pegasus Awards are a dubious honor for dubious claims. Uh, and the James Randi Educational Foundation is a uh, educational foundation based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, promoting critical thinking through grants for outstanding educators, scholarships to inspire skeptical students, and annual conferences showcasing the best of skeptical thought. But on every April Fool's Day, the organization honors the five worst offenders who are either intentionally or unintentionally pulling the wool over the public's eyes. Since 1997, the JRF's annual Pegasus Awards have been bestowed on the most deserving charlatans, swindlers, psychics, pseudoscientists, and faith healers, and on their credulous enablers, too. The awards are named for both the mystical flying horse Pegasus of Greek mythology and the highly improbable flying pig of popular cliches. 
Uh, I have a message coming in here. Ah, okay. Um, and um, here are this year's winners of the Pegasus Awards. The Scientist Pegasus Award goes to NASA engineer Richard B. Hoover, who recently announced for the third time in 14 years that he had found evidence of microscopic life in meteorites. Along with the Crackpot Journal of Cosmology, a now-defunct publication founded in 2009 to publish articles advancing the scientifically unsupported idea that life began before the first stars formed and was spread throughout the early universe on meteors, Hoover pitched his warmed-over ideas to Fox News, an outlet not known for their attention to facts. Predictably, Fox News ran with the story, convincing many people that NASA had discovered extraterrestrial life. I talked about this on my show. <laughs> and how, and how, uh, yeah, I mean, I, this was fishy from the very beginning, folks. And that's the way it works with this stuff. It, you, you know, you see this stuff in the news and you know that it's been hyped. And yeah. So, I mean, that's something memorable. Okay, the Funder Pegasus Award goes to CVS Pharmacy for their work to support the manufacturers of scam homeopathic medications who sell up to $870 million a year in quack remedies to U.S. consumers. Homeopathic remedies contain none of the active ingredient they claim, and homeopathy has been shown to be useless in randomized clinical trials. CVS Pharmacy sells these quack products in thousands of stores across the U.S., right alongside real medicine, with no warning to consumers. Instead of giving their customers the facts about homeopathy, CVS Pharmacy executives are cashing in themselves by offering their own store brand of the most popular homeopathic product, Acilococcium. Acilococcinum. Sorry. A silicoxidum is made by grinding up the liver of a duck, putting none of it onto tiny sugar pills. That's right, none of it. And then advertising the plain sugar pills as an effective treatment for flu symptoms. That's homeopathy, folks. Uh, the Media Pegasus Award goes to Dr. Mehmet Oz who has done such a disservice to his TV viewers by promoting quack medical practices that he is now the first person to win a Pegasus two years in a row. Wow. Dr. Oz is a Harvard-educated cardiac physician who, through his syndicated TV show, has promoted faith healing, quote-unquote, energy medicine, and other quack theories that have no basis in scientific uh, fact. Uh, Oz has appeared on ABC News to give legitimacy to the claims of Brazilian faith healer John of God, who uses old carnival tricks to make money from the seriously ill. Uh, yeah, that's the, the whole thing where they palm a chicken liver and a, and a sponge soaked in like cow's blood, and they pretend to pull tissue out from inside your body. Um, he's hosted the Ayurvedic guru Yogi Cameron on his show to promote nonsense tongue examination as a way of diagnosing health problems. This year, he really went off the deep end. In March 2011, Dr. Oz endorsed, endorsed so-called psychic huckster and past Pegasus winner John Edward, who pretends to talk to dead people. Oz even suggested that bereaved families should visit psychic mediums to receive faked messages from their dead relatives as a form of grief counseling. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. 
that uh, people who've been listening to my show for a long time know the disdain that I hold mediums in because of exactly that, because they fake these messages from dead people to their families. Um, got a Skype message coming in here. Uh, Wayne is saying there's been a huge warning this week in the UK about online pharmacies. There's a lot of these medicines contain rat poison and other undesirable things like you've mentioned. Now, what's really interesting about this, Wayne, and I guess I need to explain kind of in a nutshell how, how homeopathy is supposed to work. Um, and the, the idea of, of homeopathy is that water has memory, which is silly enough on its own. But what they do is they, they take a, a proof. It's what's called a proof. And what they do is they'll say, okay, so the, a person comes to a doctor and he, sa- you know, he says, um, well, let's put it this way. Okay, so they, they take a, um, a substance. Uh, this is not a very good explanation of homeopathy, is it? They take substance A and say substance A makes your face turn red. Okay, so this is the effect of substance A. This is, this is I believe, what they call a proof. So if you go to a a doctor and you have a red face, you know, the, the homeopathist or, you know, whatever they call them, homeopath, I guess they would call them. Say, oh, you've got a red, you know, you've got a red face. Well, I'm going to give you this substance that causes your face to turn red in a very, very, very small concentration. And that will, will cure the problem. That, that is how homeopathy is supposed to work. Because the idea is that something in a very, very dilute form will cure the symptoms caused by the substance in its normal form. So, yeah, and, and obviously the UK actually is, is years ahead of the US when it comes to homeopathy. I believe that the NHS has already stopped paying for homeopathic treatment because, because it's obviously something that doesn't work. I mean, test after test, you know, clinical trial after clinical trial have, have, have taken place and homeopathy has been found worthless. And this is because the amount of dilution is such that you could take a, a, a amount of substance the size of a grain of rice and you, you, you pound it up into a powder and you mix it with water. Okay. Ten times, you know, ten parts of water to one part of, of substance. And then you do this like a hundred thousand times. So basically, you know, and of course, you know, you multiply this by ten every time. So basically, you have the amount of substance in order to get one molecule of the substance in your homeopathic remedy. You would have amount of of duck's liver in this case, the size of a grain of rice, spread out in an area the size of the solar system. <laughs> I, and so you know you're not getting any of this of this product you're being given a placebo and it's been found time and time again that uh you know these homeopathic remedies don't have any effect other than possibly a placebo effect and the placebo effect is not a, a reliable way of, of treating anything so Anyway, um, moving on, the, uh, uh, the Performer Pegasus Award this year go, uh, for Best Comeback goes to televangelist Peter Popov. 
Popoff made millions in the 1980s by pretending to heal the sick and receive information about audience members directly from God. He went bankrupt in 1987 after JREF founder James Randi exposed him for using a secret earpiece to receive information about audience members from his wife. Yeah, he said it was coming from his God, but it's coming from his wife. Now he's back to prey on victims of the economic recession. In paid infomercials on BET, that's the Black Entertainment Network. I don't know if you are Black Entertainment Television. I don't know if you folks have that in the UK. Popoff offers, quote unquote, supernatural debt relief in exchange for offerings of hundreds or even thousands of dollars. This business is so lucrative that according to recent IRS documents, Popoff took in $23.5 million and paid himself and his immediate family more than $1 million in one year alone. Pretty good for not doing anything at all. The Refusal to Face Reality Award goes to Andrew Wakefield, the researcher who launched the modern anti-vaccination panic with unfounded statements linking the MMR vaccine with autism, which was not borne out by any research, even his own. Amazing. In 2010, The Lancet, British uh, medical journal, retracted his paper on the MMR vaccine. And this year, the British medical journal BMJ called Wakefield's paper an outright fraud, finding clear evidence of falsification of data and that he sought to exploit the ensuing MMR scare for financial gain. He owned, uh, he owned a uh, or had shares in a company that made a competing vaccine. Um, taking more than $674,000 from lawyers who intended to sue vaccine manufacturers. Yet Wakefield continues to ask the public to believe that he is the victim. In a recent article in Natural News, Wakefield called the American Academy of Pediatrics and The Lancet instruments of a state that I don't really want to be associated with. Well, we hope, with a, <laughs> we hope not to be associated with them as well. Uh, so that is the, the uh, Pegasus Awards. It, it, it just it never fails to, to, to get to me about this, uh, you know, this nonsense. And, you know, I, I am a member of the James Randi Educational Foundation. I'm not, I'm not one of these, I'm not, you know, like high up in the, I'm not at all part of the, you know, you know, the hierarchy or anything like that, but it's kind of a rank and file member of JREV. And it just really amazes me, you know, how stupid some people are. As far as, you know, especially stuff like, you know, I can understand people who don't know anything about homeopathy, you know, how, how they can believe it. But once you start actually being told about this stuff, once, once you start, you know, this is what I do, you know, on my show. This is why I do what I do. People sometimes say, well, why, why are you trying to talk about religion? Why are you trying to talk about, you know, psychics? You know, what good does it do for you to talk about it? That I see this as part of my job to get the information out there that homeopathy is a scam, that psychic mediums are a scam. Whether or not people take my advice, well, that's up to them. I'm not, I'm not saying that we should ban psychics. You know, I'm not, I do think that we should, should ban homeop homeopathic stuff because it's, it's a ripoff. But if people want to take sugar pills and, and pretend it's a homeopathic remedy, then they're more than welcome to do that. But 
you know, I see so much harm comes from this stuff. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of time talking about the fear mongers and the, you know, conspiracy theorists and all that. And they do what they do out in the open. Not so with the quack medicine people. They don't necessarily do what they do out in the open. They count on people being ignorant. They count on people not knowing the facts about homeopathy or that acupuncture doesn't work. So they, they try to, to keep these a secret. And I see it as my job to be that person, be that guy, that jerk, who has to come forward and say, look, you know, here's the evidence. This stuff is nonsense. And sometimes I'll meet a receptive audience and sometimes I won't. That's just sort of the nature of the beast, of being a skeptic, whether it comes to you know, religion or whether it comes to, you know, quack medicine, whether it comes to you know, so-called psychics and, and so forth. Now, I, I have my, uh, po- my podcast, Tom Harris USA. I have done over 100 shows on these topics and, and, of course, a lot of day-to-day stuff, too. So please feel free, you know, if you want to hear more about any of these things, go to TomHarrisUSA.com and you can download the shows uh, that talk about whatever topic you want. And I talk about a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, feel free to check that out. You know, I don't think that the uh, podcast get as many um, hits as, as I would like. But also, you know, if you, if you get your fix during the week of, of Tom Harris, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, a message here from Wayne. Wayne is saying, Tom, even on meds that do work, all pharmacy medications are based on a person that's a certain weight except for infant medication. So reactions are very different for a lot of people. Some need more medication and others and vice versa because of this. Yeah. Well, see, this, this Wayne is why a doctor's opinion is going to you know, mean something and why you want to have a, a, uh, a general practitioner who you know, is, is there to help guide you through this stuff because they're the, kind of the, the one-size-fits-all idea of you know say uh allergy medication let's just just use that as an example there are some kind of medications that work on some people and not on others and i i'm a good example of this i can't you know tylenol has no effect on me i could take a tylenol and it won't help me at all um you know if i have a headache um there's only really two things that have, have shown themselves to be effective for me one of them is as just plain old aspirin that works pretty well on me, actually. And then uh, um, uh, sodium naproxen, which would be uh, here in the States, it's uh, most commonly known as Aleve. That's the brand name that most people know here in the States. Now, Aleve is not good in, in you, know, you don't want to take a lot of it. Um, you don't want to take it regularly because it actually, if you build up a uh, amount of it in your system, it's actually not very good for your liver. So, you want to avoid taking a lot of naproxen. It's also full of salt. Anything that uh, anything that uh, is full of sodium is probably not real good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, and and uh, you talk about um, a certain standardization that they have in, in medication. You know, some people need to take two aspirin, for example. You know, in order to have the same effect that somebody else would take one. I'm kind of a big guy, so you know. For me, two aspirin is usually what would be a dose I would take. Now, you know, somebody like my mom, who's much smaller than me, um, you know, might only need to take one. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying. You know, I but I'm not. I, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to to medications and and so forth, I don't like taking anything. I and I try not to take anything. Um, and right now, thankfully, I'm not on any kind of medication whatsoever. So it's, you know, it, except if I get a headache or, you know, if I start having allergy symptoms, if I start having sinuses, and we are getting into sinus season. Yeah, yeah. So you can look forward to a sinus season again. Um, yeah, especially now. It's, you know, kind of the spring and the fall are the times when my sinuses are, are at their worst. But even then, I try not to take any kind of medication. Um, and that's just kind of who I am. Anyway, uh, if you want to contact the show, please feel free to do so. Now, if, you, if you're if you too scared to call in, uh, then you can email the show. The email address is tom at unitedkingdomradio.co.uk. Alternatively, you can contact the show at tom at tomharrisusa.com. It goes to the same email address. If you want to call into the show, I don't know if the phone number still works. Um, uh, it'd be interesting to find out. The uh, phone number... If you are in the UK, is 020-3287-1488. That's 020-3287-1488. I don't know if that number is still in operation. Uh, if it is, then you can feel free to call it. If not, then you'll probably just get a uh, out-of-service announcement. And, of course, if you want to call in on Skype, feel free to do so. Uh, the phone does work. Okay, fantastic. Um, that, that Wayne Hudson's telling me that the phone still works for now. I think that uh, you know, that is one of the expenses that, uh, that Chris has decided not to carry on uh, to paying for the, uh, the phone account. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, I mean, Skype will always work. So uh, you can Skype in at United Kingdom Radio and be on the show. Now, we have about five minutes left, and I've kind of run through my gamut here. I don't have much more to uh, talk about. Uh, don't forget, next week we'll be talking about Germany. And I've already talked about Germany a couple of times uh, on my show, uh, so you might want to go back, go way back to the uh, Tom Harris USA shows um, where I talk about Aachen and Berlin, because each one of them got kind of got their own little segment. And because I'm not going to be going into depth on either of those next week, but. Uh, I do like doing the travel shows, and people do seem to like them. There's certain people in particular who like to send me emails on them and, and talk about them. So I, I do love the, the, the whole travel thing. And I'm looking forward to doing more. <laughs> uh, even even this road trip, yeah, talking about that, I would love to um, you know, to get out there and, and get this, this show on the road and you know do some recording. Do some geocaching. I would love. I, I'm kind of hoping to get out this weekend and do some geocaching because I, I, I mentioned it earlier. The weather here is absolutely gorgeous today. It is sunny. It's warm. Um, it's just beautiful spring-like weather, and I am ready to get out there and get outside and and do stuff because it's been a real long time since uh, <laughs> since I've actually been able to. Uh, uh, get outside and move around and do stuff. And and that's what I like doing. I really do. So anyway, um, I'm going to, uh, let's see, what can I do here? I'm going to play a Chris Rudin has decreed. It's probably one you've already heard, though. So here we go. Chris Rudin.
I love it. As you folks know, I go and scour old Chris Reardon shows looking for interesting things to put on my show. And this week, we have this. What a load of old twaddle that is. Now stay tuned next week when you might hear Chris say something really interesting like this. Any money that you saved, you must send in 25% of it. No, that's, that's greedy. 25% is greedy. You must send in £161. Money in my pocket, boys. It goes, gling, gling, beep, 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 gling. And that was Chris Verdon has decreed for this week. Stay tuned uh, for James Sanders is coming up here at the top of the hour. We still have about three minutes to go. I d- <laughs> See, normally, normally I have a two-minute delay. And I would be cutting off the show at this point and, and saying goodbye. But um, anyway, I will be uh, logging off here in another minute or two. Uh, anyway, so we have James Sanders coming up at 5. And don't miss our Sunday people. Now we have uh, Sunday at um, – sorry, Sunday at – I'm trying to figure. 5 p.m. UK time we have Suko. And then we have Paul coming on at 7. So uh, don't miss them. That's tomorrow. Uh, we, have, uh, see, we have a message coming in here, I think. No. Or as they say in Little Britain, it says no. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's it for today. Uh, thanks very much for listening. I will be back with you next week at the same time, same place. Uh, we're, we're now on YouTube, just so you know. And, of course, the podcast will be available for download in about eh, 20, 25 minutes or so. Anyway, this is Tom Harris in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, signing off. We'll see you next week. Oh, don't forget, Paul has a beer show tomorrow. Uh, Australian beers they're talking about. Anyway, good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. <laughs>